Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 75 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, help us glean the message you have for us today. Open our hearts to receive it in its entirety. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what's happening in John chapter 7. It's almost time for the Feast of the Tabernacle. If you remember, this was a feast that celebrated the harvest, kind of like our Thanksgiving. It occurred in a similar time as our September-October months. They made temporary shelters and stayed in them for a week to remind them of the deliverance from the Egyptians. We see brothers' dismay of their brother, not unlike brothers today when one of them steps out into something very different and daring. Verses 5 and 6 say, For even his brothers did not believe in or adhere to or trust in or rely on him either. Whereupon Jesus said to them, My time, opportunity has not come yet, but any time is suitable for you and your opportunity is ready anytime. It's always there. Well, Jesus' brothers didn't initially believe in him. Like most brothers, they had their own opinions. Even though they were antagonistic, Jesus was not. He did not lash out at them as some brothers do when there is contention. He simply told them their opportunity to be saved was available whenever they wished to pursue it. This is such a beautiful example of God's grace and patience. Jesus wasn't in a rush. He wasn't aggressive and he wasn't pushy. He took his time with his brothers. We know that at least two of them came to know him as the Messiah. Both James and Jude worked to further the kingdom. In fact, there are two books in the Bible with their names on them. So their time did come. I'm sure Jesus knew it would one day. I love the peaceful way he dealt with his brothers, which shows his true merciful nature, the nature of God. Jesus eventually went to the feast and started speaking. He bewildered the crowd. They couldn't understand how he knew so much about the scriptures when he was raised as a simple carpenter's son. Verse 17 is comforting to me and should be to you as well. We are chosen to know. We are chosen to understand the word. This is something to praise God for. The verse says, if any man desires to do his will, God's pleasure, he will know, have the needed illumination to recognize and can tell for himself whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking from myself in my own accord and on my own authority. Because we know Jesus is the Messiah, we know we are saved and we know we are chosen to know. Well, there was much contention between the people during the rest of this chapter. Some believed he was the one to bring salvation and some did not. The Pharisees wanted to arrest him, but the feast was still in progress and they feared the people. They were confused and probably rightly so. The scripture said Christ would come from Bethlehem and all they knew was that Jesus came from Galilee because that is where his family settled after having to leave due to evil rulers who wanted to kill Jesus. Remember, Herod relied on the wise men to come tell him where Jesus was. However, they avoided Herod and went home by another way. When he find out he'd been deceived, he gave the order to kill all two-year-old and under male children and babies. Joseph was warned in a dream to go to Egypt to keep the baby Jesus safe. So they fled to Egypt. When Herod died, Joseph had another dream telling him to go to Israel, but he had to avoid Judea where he came from because of another evil ruler, Herod's son. He took Mary and Jesus and they settled in Galilee. So although Jesus was born in Bethlehem, just as the scriptures prophesied he would be, There was a lot of movement to keep him safe. The Pharisees were confused, and I believe by God, so they wouldn't recognize the Messiah, as was also prophesied. 
Because the Jewish nation didn't believe in him, we, Gentiles, have an opportunity to come to know Christ. Oh, God's chosen people will be brought back into the fold of that there is no question. We don't know when or how. If this chapter were to be named, it would likely be called confusion. There was confusion until the end. Let's see what Paul is writing in Galatians chapter 2. He writes about going to Jerusalem some 14 years after he had been converted. There were Jewish people who were teaching false doctrine. He wrote, my precaution was because of false brethren, some men who were Christians in name only, who had been secretly smuggled into the Christian brotherhood, they had slipped in to spy on our liberty and freedom, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might again bring us into bondage under the law of Moses. The biggest area of concern here is circumcision. He was happy to report that his fellow apostle Titus abstained from this tradition while in Jerusalem. Paul remains determined to live under grace and not under the law. He was more familiar with the law as a Pharisee, but his mission was different now. His mission field were the Gentiles, and they were not a people who were circumcised. In addition to this message, he shows us that God equips us all for his specific use. While Peter was equipped for leading the Jewish nation to Christ, Paul was equipped to lead the Gentiles to Christ. Both paths were God's plan because God's plan was to save the nations. So Peter, James, and John met Paul, and all were persuaded that each was serving God in the way God desired. We are all made differently to serve different purposes, God's purpose. We serve exactly as he plans, whether our mission field is in our home or goes beyond our homes. Let's see what's happening with the Israelites in Numbers chapter 33 is a record of the travels of the Israelites for the 40 years they wandered in the wilderness. It even includes Aaron's death on Mount Hor. He was 123 years old when he died. In verse 50, the Lord tells Moses when they went over the Jordan into Canaan, they were to drive out all the people and destroy all their false gods, altars and idols. God warns him that if all the people were not driven out, then whoever remained would be as bricks in your eyes and as thorns in your sides, and they shall vex you in the land in which you dwell. We will see if the Israelites are complicit in God's instructions and what happens to them if they are not. Well, let's see what God is telling Moses in Numbers chapter 34. God told Moses about the land they will inherit. He is very specific about the details of all the land that was to be theirs. He carefully instructed Moses about all the borders of their soon-to-be promised land. We see God's vision for his people. We see he cares about every detail as he outlines the borders. He doesn't want them to miss one piece of land that he appointed to be theirs. The Lord cares for us in the same way. He cares about every detail and wants us to have all that he has planned for us as well. God wanted to be sure the land was distributed equitably among the tribes. So he told Moses that Eleazar and Joshua would oversee this distribution and one leader from each tribe would represent the tribe to ensure they were fairly represented. God even told Moses who the person would be. There was nothing left to wonder here. The Lord made sure this was planned well before he would take Moses' life. Remember, Moses was not allowed to go into the promised land. Psalm 75 is another Psalm of Asaph. He is praising God. Quite a different psalm than the one when, where he was devastated. We all know God delivers us in his timing. Verse 3 is underlined in my Bible and says, When the earth totters and all the inhabitants of it, it is I who will poise and keep steady its pillars. Yes, it is God who holds the world in his hands. Whatever troubles we currently endure, he steadies us. He will hold us up and strengthen us as we endure the difficulties in front of us. And now for our prayer. Oh, Lord, thank you for your word that encourages us. 
We read about your mighty works and your wisdom, and our faith increases. Help us lean into you, the creator of the universe, for all we need. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word. 